Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Forward Curve. Hello and welcome to The Forward Curve, the weekly podcast covering the commodity markets and the global economy. Brought to you by Gold Street Advisors, the independent research and advisory firm. In this second of a multi-part series, we'll cover the basics of how commodity markets work, including who uses them and why. I'm Christian Clavidecher, and joining me will be our chief analyst and professor sui generis, Robin Barr. In our last episode, we covered the definition of a commodity, reviewed the different categories of commodities, and touched on how a regular person can be exposed to changes in commodity prices. Robin, what will we be talking about today? Thanks, Christian. So last week, uh, if you remember, we covered the basics of what commodities are. To quickly review, they are the mass-produced raw and commercial goods that are considered interchangeable or fungible, remember that term, with other goods of the same kind and quality and traded in that fashion. Things like metals, oil and agricultural products are prime examples. Today, we will talk about how commodities are traded and how the financial commodity markets work. All right, cool. So maybe a cool place to start would be to dive into the history of commodity trading. So what is that history, Robin? It's a long and varied history, as you can imagine, because I think we've traded, or as human beings have traded, commodities or bartered commodities since time began. So, um, you know, people have traded various commodity goods for millennia, Early formal commodity exchanges include Amsterdam in the 16th century, uh, Osaka in Japan in the 17th century. Uh, But it is only in the mid-19th century that commodity futures trading begin in entities like the London Metal Exchange or the Chicago Board of Trade and the predecessor to what eventually became known as the New York Mercantile Exchange, or NYMEX for short. Many early commodity trading markets came about as a result of producers coming together in their common interests. By pooling resources, producers could ensure orderly markets and avoid cutthroat competition. Early on, many commodity trading venues focused on single goods, but over time, these markets aggregated to become broader-based commodities trading markets with wide varieties of different goods featured in the same place. Interesting. So commodity markets generally, uh, they tend to be a lot more volatile in terms of price movement than, say, you know, what we see on stock markets, for instance. Why is that? So I think one of the main reasons must be supply and demand economics, which you, know, you perhaps don't get in, uh, in other asset classes. For example, if the weather is cold, the price of uh, natural gas tends to go up to account for the increased demand, heating homes, uh, factories, uh, manufacturing plants, and so on. When the weather starts warming up, there'll be less demand for heating, so natural gas prices will go down. Uh, Another example would be a bigger harvest of corn or soybeans than usual. Price for these commodities then goes down because of the increased supply. However, in the case of a drought, the price will increase to account for the smaller than expected supply. So pretty obviously supply and demand economics. While certain commodities such as crops, oil and gas tend to be more volatile, others show more stability. Um, A good example would be gold. 
gold can be used as a buffer against volatility and a hedge against inflation. What do we mean by that? Well, as prices rise and goods become more expensive, commodity prices also increase. So by buying a futures contract on the given commodity now, an investor can take advantage of that rise in price over time and sell it at some point in the future for profit. Thus, you have put in place something that will take advantage of rising inflation, offsetting whatever inflation-derived losses you may incur in other holdings. Right. So that brings us to the next question, which is how do commodity futures contracts work? Okay, let's try and keep it uh, fairly simple because we don't want you falling asleep on us, do we? <laughs> so, so, okay, let, let's, let's do it this way. Futures contracts offer an alternative to direct ownership of the actual physical commodities. Do you really want a shed full of corn, a, a garage full of gold uh, bars, for example? So these contracts trade on special futures exchanges, uh, as we mentioned uh, previously, uh, and their obligations to buy or sell a certain amount of a given commodity at a specific time in the future at a given price. The way futures contracts work is that when prices of the commodity, gold or copper, go up, the buyer of the futures contract gets a corresponding increase in the value of the contract, while the seller suffers a corresponding loss. Conversely, when the price goes down, as we saw with gold in the last week or so, uh, the seller of the futures contract profits at the expense of the buyer. Very elegantly put, Robin. Well done. So um, a very, very common question for neophytes of the commodity markets. Would you say that futures contracts are appropriate for the average investor? We would argue that futures contracts really aren't suitable for many investors because they're largely designed for the major companies in each commodity industry. For example, if you want a single gold futures contract, you'll need to commit to buying 100 ounces of gold. That's a $180,000 commitment at current prices. So the current price of gold per ounce is about 1,800 times 100. And that, that gets you the $180,000. So uh, an awful uh, lot to, uh, to pay. Therefore, the main participants of these markets are the producers and consumers of each respective commodity. Another important player, though, is the investor class, otherwise known as speculators. Speculators will buy and sell commodity future contracts with the sole purpose of making money, taking positions because they think the respective commodity price will rise or fall over time. So they will buy if they believe the commodity is going to increase and they will sell um, if they think the commodity is going to fall. And finally, we have what are called merchants or middlemen uh, who regularly engage in buying and selling physical commodities. Uh, and they use the futures markets to hedge their trades, to protect against adverse price movements in the time between the purchase and sale of the given commodity. Together, these are the commodity market participants who act and react to the constant shifts and expected an actual supply and demand, allowing for risk management, financial investment, uh, and price discovery. So there you are, the uh, nuts and bolts of the 
commodity world. Excellent stuff, Robin. That was a great overview. And hopefully our listeners have gained a better understanding of the topic of commodity trading. As always, I want to thank Robin for joining me today. And of course, I want to thank you for joining us. Please be sure to subscribe to The Forward Curve on your favorite podcast platform. Join us next week for the next episode in our Commodities 101 series, when we get into the primary reason for the existence of commodity markets, a practice known as hedging. I'm Christian Klavodecher, and on behalf of the Gold Street Advisors team, I thank you for listening. And remember to always keep an eye and ear on the forward curve.